all. Hope you are doing well amid current circumstances. We will be producing some new content for you via quarantine very soon. But in the meantime, here is a reboot of one of our earlier and sillier episodes, but also a personal favorite of mine, The Joy of Podcasting with Bob Ross, originally released September 28th, 2016. Stay safe and stay healthy and enjoy this throwback about America's favorite television painter, Bob Ross. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Ginny. I'm Natalie. And I'm Jen. And we are the Art History Babes. And we have our favorite (laughs) other Art History Babe with us again today, Miss Christina! (laughs) Yes, Christina! (laughs) She's honestly my favorite babe! (laughs) (laughs) It still sounds like a fart every time you do that. Um, That was uh, brought to you by Hamhorn. (laughs) Hamhorn, please sponsor us. I don't think they can. I I don't know that they're making money. I wish that they would, though. I mean, but whatever. Yeah, so Christina is hanging out with us today, and we're all really stoked because we're going to talk about one of the gentlest humans to ever... A gentle giant. Pick up a brush. Yeah, for real. Mr. Bob Ross. Oh my god. But um, before, we, before we get into it, recently, if you follow us on Instagram, I, I highly recommend you follow us on Instagram. <laughs> um, just because we post a lot of stuff on our little, like, story on Instagram. About, it's like, so fun. It's fun. We post, like, when we're recording, we post. And also when we're out doing, like, art things, we post. And Ginny was just at a dope exhibit that she's yeah. going to talk about a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we got um, a few messages on Instagram asking where we were or where I was because I was with my mom. On Friday, I went to the Rosicrucian Museum, which is primarily an ancient Egyptian museum in San Jose, California. And it's one of my favorite museums, like, ever. They currently have the first alchemy museum in the United States, which is very cool. Which is very, very cool. And they have um, an exhibit in the main um, museum, they kind of have like a little campus. And so they have like the Alchemy Museum, which I didn't get a chance to go to. I only saw the exhibit, but the exhibit was fascinating and it was very informative. And it was just like one room. So it wasn't a lot to get through, but it just kind of broke down the different kind of steps involved in alchemy and the history of alchemy and how alchemy is related to ancient Egypt, but also alchemy is like being a major practice during like medieval Europe and Renaissance Europe, and just the weird, magical, scientific mystery that is alchemy, which I really just didn't know that much about. So if you are in the California area, or you're going to be, I really recommend making a trip to the Rosicrucian Museum and seeing this exhibit and checking out the museum. And the grounds are incredible. They have, like, recreations of Egyptian, like, gardens. So So, cool. It's a really, really cool place. Damn. I can't um, wait to go. That sounds so cool. Yeah. Yeah. so close. Like, it's so crazy. And they have a recreation. That's one of the things that was on our Instagram of an alchemist's workshop, which looks like ah! a sorcerer's lair. It's <laughs> it's so cool. Oh my um, god! We'll have to do an episode on alchemy. Yes. I could yeah. I could oh, talk definitely. more about it now, but I, I won't. Dream I'll save it. Of that. It, there's so much to it. No, like, but I mean, symbolism, like, mysticism, oh. science. 
Ah, uh, so, so cool. let's just uh, really quickly acknowledge the fact that it is my favorite time of year. <laughs> it's the <laughs> best time of the year, right. and it's the best time of the year because I get to decorate my home and very cheaply because the Halloween decorations are everywhere, and I leave them up all year, folks. <laughs> I do because why the hell not? I spend this is the time of year where I spend the most time like in Target too because I just like, <laughs> yes. like I just like to hang out in like the Halloween decoration section and like. Like, oh, look at this creepy light-up skeleton, and, like, it's just so much fun. Well, you know what? I feel like Target's a little bit lacking this year. Is it? Um, I haven't, I yeah. haven't been yet. I, I went, I, I went. went to Home Depot, and their Halloween section is crazy. Oh, Ooh. my God. I'm going to go. Home Depot. Um, <laughs> you know where else? Sponsor us. <laughs> you, know, you know where else? Um, a sleeper. Sleeper Halloween decorations. A sleeper? A sleeper is like you don't ex- <laughs> you don't expect them to be badass, but they are. Um, oh, oh, it's like an expression. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. it was. Oh. What I, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I should have finished my sentence, but um, <laughs> I'll cut you off. I know. Damn it. Um, sleeper store, the Dollar Tree. Oh, hello, yeah. Dollar Tree. Good They've stuff. got so much stuff. Definitely. You guys, my house looks ridiculous. <laughs> you guys need to come over. Um, it's gonna Here's stay up all year. You know, all of you need to come over. Um, best time of the year, and. Honestly, when I think about alchemy and witches and all that shit, I know it's like, <laughs> like it's like fantasy. No, that shit is real. It Especially is. alchemy, because alchemy really rides the line between science Definitely. and magic. Yeah, and Definitely. that's the line that I want to ride. For real, That is real shit. And when I see those kind of rooms, like, the wizard's den or what, what the hell ever they call it. I don't know what they call their houses, but <laughs> what do wizards call their Kevin. houses? Oh, I don't know. No, 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 no. Covens are witches, though. Covens are groups of witches. That's a group of witches. Well, they probably live together. Natalie, you should know this. We call ourselves the Coven. (laughs) I'm so tired. (laughs) Don't call out Natalie. I don't know anything. I know. You know what? Side note, today was like a really hard day for all of us. We're starting (laughs) school back up, and it's rough. But we have so much to look forward to. We have Halloween coming up. We have um, decorations. We have the Alchemy Museum. Everything's so cool over here. It is. And also, Halloween coming up. The art history babes are going to be dressing up as the beautiful witches from your favorite 90s witch movie. Yes. Pocus Pocus? No. <laughs> that, that's a good guess. I was going to make a joke about, guess, like, like, out of all of the 90s movies. witch movies. I'm all of Like, get out of here. <laughs> no, that's a that's a great guess. No, Someone just got cut. There's, <laughs> there's four of us. Um, we're going to be the, the babes from the craft. Yes. And are super excited about it. There, there will be pictures. You will see. So, yeah, spooky stuff coming at you. Also, before we get started, just want to give a shout out to if you um, if you haven't listened to it yet, we did an episode back mm. in our early days. It was like yeah. episode three, early days. We've been doing this for <laughs> I know. six months. We've been at it for <laughs> so long. But anyways, it was like episode three. We did an episode on weird pooty, mm-hmm. and we talked we talked about this super cute poodle that is a um, sorrowful poodle of. Oh, yes, and he is, and he is the main character of a comic, and the creator of that comic 
reached out to us recently, which is amazing. Oh, um, so, so cool. And he's super cool. So we want to give him a little shout out. And also, just like a follow up, we briefly mentioned this comic, The Sor- Sorrowful Pudo of Prague. Mm-hmm. There's actually so much more to it. He's done a lot of work. and um, Thepudo.com. Check it out. Check it out. Really, it's very delightful. So yeah, Bob Ross. Yes. All right, the art pimp. <laughs> art pimp. Pictures will be posted. I mean, I never took him for the art pimp, but <laughs> I guess we're gonna call him that now. Just wait and see. Okay, so um, Bob Ross, you're all familiar with him, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, if you're not, you need to get on YouTube. You need to get on Netflix because it like, will what are you? Change your life. One of really. <laughs> <laughs> One of the biggest names in like contemporary American art culture, to be honest. <laughs> like, like I mean, he he like he's one of the he he doesn't fall into this whole thing of like um high art high art at all. Which he is just, great. It is. Yeah. He was a painter, and he was a painter that millions loved and still love today. And so we're gonna kind of dive into the um, mysterious interesting life of Bob Ross. Bob Ross, he was born Robert Norman Ross on October 29th, 1942. Fellow Scorpio, shout out. Love them. Love them and hate them, but love them. (laughs) We get, see, I'm so excited as a Scorpio. Um, I'm so excited that he is one because we get kind of a bad rap for being like I don't know, really ugly people sometimes. And he is just like the the, de- the definition of kind and Aww. calm and lovely. And it makes me happy because it's like, actually, Scorpios can be pretty chill sometimes, i.e. Bob Ross. Um, no, yeah. I think that Scorpios are amazing. Hence, being hopelessly attracted to them. <laughs> Corey. <laughs> <laughs> we can be intense, I'll give you that, but... But the whole vindictive, um, vengeful ah, idea of no of the of the Scorpio ah. is not always the case. It hurts me. We're a little deeper than that, <laughs> in my opinion. And I think Bob Ross is a fantastic example. Oh man, um, so such he, a good guy. He's such a good guy. Okay, so he's born in Daytona Beach, Florida. He was the son of a carpenter named Jack and a waitress named Ollie. Oh. He had a great relationship with his mother and his father, but um, he, he really loved his, mo- his mom. He gives shout-outs to her on the oh. show. Um, interesting fact, his parents separated when he was younger. Both of his parents got remarried. Uh, his mother, I believe, had another child, Bob Ross's brother, who he had a good relationship with. And then... His parents separated from their new spouses and got back together oh, and got remarried. Man. I know, it's kind of super Just cute. Such love, passion. Yeah. Oh, the bummer. Such a love, passion. <laughs> the bummer aspect um, Bob Ross's dad passed away about, I think it was three years after no. they got back together. Oh. But it's, it's, it's a sweet Jenny's story. Jenny's trying not to cry in the kitchen. <laughs> So in, okay, so in ninth grade, Bob actually quits school and he begins working in carpentry with his father and he lost the tip of his uh, left index finger in working in carpentry with his dad. And you can actually, there are times where if you pay really close attention on the show. You can see his missing finger. (laughs) You can. You have to pay really close attention because he holds the palette with his left 
hand. Um, so oh, it's typically hidden. So you can't see it. Yeah, okay. you can't see it most of the time. It doesn't affect his painting because he's a right-handed painter. But there, there are times where you can see that the, the top of his finger is missing from that accident. Let's see, at the age of 18, he joins the Air Force. He disliked it quite a bit. He did not enjoy being a military man. You should look up the picture of him in his military outfit, though, because what a doll. Ow, like, ow. he was a very clean-cut man. Handsome, handsome Fred Armisen. A young, handsome Fred Armisen, <laughs> He really does look like that. Not, not that I don't think you're handsome Fred Armisen, but it's just a little more, like... Like 1950s handsome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, just more handsome than you Fred know what? Armisen. No, that was a burn. More hands. But anyways, he was in. Wow, he was in the Air Force. Um, he he disliked it because it forced him to be mean. Oh, um, and he actually had because he was kind of like a little bit of like a a tyrant. Like he kind of like you know followed the rules and he enforced the rules and he had this nickname in the Air Force, Bust 'em Up Bobby. Oh. Um, <laughs> That's horrible nickname. I know. I think that's he, a great nickname. It's so long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to call you that. Hey, there's Busting My Bobby. <laughs> but he didn't like it. Oh my God, he's hot. He didn't enjoy being mean to people. He didn't enjoy enforcing all these rules. He always loved painting. He had started painting at a young age. So he pursued painting while he was in the Air Force. And he would often disagree with his instructors because he was not a huge fan of abstraction, which was super in vogue at the time. You know, 20th century, abstraction, modernism. He didn't really like all that very much. So he would oftentimes be at odds with his instructors. He was like, I just want to learn how to paint landscapes. In 1975, he sees a fellow painter by the name of Bill Alexander on television. And Bill Alexander is actually, like, he was really popular. Like, we don't really know him. But in the 70s, he was a very famous television painter. So wait, he was a dude who painted on TV like Bob Ross? Yes. In the 70s. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so he wasn't entirely original. No, not at all. Oh. Um, so <laughs> Controversy. <laughs> Controversy. Controversy. He was a German man, actually, with a very thick German accent. And he practiced what is known as an a la prima technique, which is the wet-on-wet painting technique that Bob Ross paints. And this, this particular technique allows one to blend layers of color on can canvas. And when you get the hang of it, it's a much quicker technique of painting, hence Bob's ability to paint an entire landscape in a half an hour. So amazing. Yeah. And this this technique actually dates back to the 16th century. So it's not like it's, it. it does. <laughs> oh, you learn something new every day. Wow. Um so it's it's a old technique, but obviously Bob preferred it or he appreciated Bill Alexander's particular way of going about painting. Bob Ross becomes a protege of Bill Alexander's, and he becomes certified as a Bill Alexander instructor, which wow. means he can go around and teach classes in this Bill Alexander technique that's very popularized on television. And while he's doing this, he meets one Annette Kowalski, who, um... She sounds cool. She is cool. And a lot of um, this information is coming from a documentary on Bob Ross called, um, what is it? Bob Ross, the Happy Painter. Oh, that was made in 2013, and she's interviewed oh, in it. Oh my god! Um, and she's incredibly important to the 
Bob Ross name. So he meets Annette Kowalski as a Bill Alexander painting instructor. And the story is actually, it's kind of sad. Annette Kowalski had just lost her oldest son. Her oldest son had passed away and she was in a very deep depression. She was very sad, but she loved Bill Alexander, Alexander and she really liked painting. And so her husband, to cheer her up, was like, I'm going to pay and take you 900 miles to Whoa. go to a Bill Alexander <clears throat> painting class. Exactly. So just to help cheer her up in some way or, you know, lighten her life a little bit. And she was very excited about this. And so they drive to go to this Bill Alexander painting class and they find out that he... Yeah. Alexander. Yeah. Oh my god. Wait, what? What happened? Story taking a turn. Certified as a Bill Alexander painter. But she thought he was she was getting Bill Alexander. Oh and at this point, Bill Alexander actually had retired from teaching the classes. So he's stuck with Bob Ross. Oh my gosh, so she's all heartbroken because it's not Bill Alexander? Yes. She's with her husband. Okay, so she goes to this class and she's pretty sufficiently bummed out that it's yeah. not being taught by Bill Alexander. She's Wait, can you pause? Could you imagine what it would feel like to be the husband in this situation? <laughs> you thought you were doing like the dopest awesome thing ever for your wife who's like miserable but you fucked it up. No, he didn't though. That's oh, the thing. Oh. In the end, he didn't fuck it up at all. Everything he happens for a reason. <laughs> so she goes she goes to this class and um, she is, she finds out it's not Bill Alexander teaching it. It's like a five day seminar type thing. And she is definitely sufficiently bummed out. But then she's there. She's going to take this class and Bob Ross is teaching it. And she is literally immediately enchanted of by course. Bob Ross. How could you not be? Exactly. Like from day one, she is like, there is something about this man that makes me feel better about my life. Whoa. Yeah, like she just loves him straight off. And to come back from being that devastated from like this one thing that was going to make you so happy and for him to like be able to like fix that is actually pretty amazing. Yeah, like you're not even upset anymore yeah. because he's so fucking cool. Yeah. Oh, um, man. So she's like a cult leader. Kinda. Yeah, I would. I would join the cult of Bob Ross, I'm easy style. It. You just made it so dark. No, no, though. I would. I'm. I'm on board. I'm on board. No. <laughs> I'm. In, I don't know why. I'm too tired to explain why it's not dark, but it's not. Join us. <laughs> join us, please. <laughs> weird. Um. um so. Uh, Annette Kowalski is totally enchanted by by Bob Ross, and she thinks that there's something here. Like, she says, like, I want to go into business with this dude. Like, this dude is magical, basically. And so that's essentially what she does. Her and her husband talk to Bob Ross, and they, like, decide they want to make a thing. Like, they want to make a business out of traveling the country and teaching painting classes mm -hmm. with this beautiful, magical man. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's kind of like their business plan. Throughout this time, it doesn't, I mean, you're probably not surprised, doesn't take off right away. Actually, for a while, Bob lives in Alaska. He goes back there and um, as still as part of the Air Force, he works as a medical records technician at the Air Base Hospital in Alaska. 
Um, mm. Also, he has this really cute quote in one of his yeah. episodes. And it was literally like the first episode I watched like last week. I was doing research and I watched this episode and he said this. He was um, talking about Alaska and the mountains. And he goes, he's like, I lived in Alaska for, for many years. And he goes, I'll tell you, God was having a good day when he made Alaska. Oh, oh, oh my God. Okay, so that's only, like, the first of, like, many quotes that we're going to read, and we're going to fucking cry and scream and freak out, so just be forewarned. Oh, God, he's great. Um, So he was in Alaska. He also worked as a bartender part-time, and he would sell his paintings. As like at the bars, at the bars. At the bars. yeah, what a hustler. And yeah. dude, I would one hundred percent buy a painting from Bob Ross when I'm drunk as shit at an Alaskan bar. Me too. Bar. I'd be like, like oh, put it on my tab, <laughs> young like, man. <laughs> young man. <laughs> yeah, obviously. And then maybe one of the most important stories in this time frame. To because obviously, you know, they're trying to make this business, but it didn't take off right away. He is traveling around and teaching classes at this time, but like stationed in Alaska, living in Alaska. And to save money, he decides to perm his hair. Just <laughs> um, as you do when you're trying to save money. Never heard of anybody ever doing this because Bob Ross tried it like, and it didn't work. I, I, I've never been like, wow, I'm gonna I save am, on shampoo. Yeah, trial no, and I, error. I cannot afford this hair anymore. I'm gonna get a perm. Like, who does that? Bob Ross. It makes no sense. It no, doesn't. It doesn't. If you cut your hair because when curly hair, you don't have to cut it as often. That's true. Yeah. So he perms his hair because he doesn't want to pay for haircuts because he's he's scrimping. He's pinching pennies. <laughs> and um, so this results in his signature afro, which would come to plague him years later because really he didn't like it. Wait, he, he was plagued? He didn't kind of. Yeah, he didn't want it. <laughs> he didn't. He was the not. The 80s were over, but the afro was there to stay. <laughs> PBS made him have it. Yeah, because, okay, <laughs> so he so he has this afro that was really just a way to save money, and he, um, it becomes a signature of his. We all know it becomes, over time, once the business really gets going, it becomes his image, and he hates it. He did not like his hair. He did not like the afro. He did not want to keep it, but it was his signature, and he had to hold on to it for business purposes. Dude, for real. Damn, I think, isn't it, okay, I might be making this up completely, but when you go to the art supply store, you can buy yes. the Bob Ross, um, like, paints. Mm. Isn't his afro in the logo? 100%. Oh, my God, I thought so. No, and that's really it's important. It's all about marketing and branding. It really is. And, yeah, that is his, literally, that's the marketing tool, is the image of his face with the afro, and um, that's a really important point because actually what he made his money off of was the merchandising, was the paints, was yeah. the... Yeah, That's where he made his literally millions. He was a millionaire. In the words um, of Spaceball, merchandise, merchandise. <laughs> Nobody. You know what? Nobody. Okay. Nobody. I've seen that movie, but I don't know. Oh, my God. That. I love that movie. A. B. I <laughs> bought those art supplies, and they're... They're great, actually. That's some high-quality paint. Yeah, on, my definitely. Friends. My guy, those are some good paints. <laughs> like, um, So, yes, they had started this business, and he's still just trying to, like, make it work. He's painting. He's, being, he's 
traveling around the world and he's just giving paint instruction, like painting instruction at malls, at just random ass places everywhere. And then he doesn't see much success for quite a while. They convince Bill Alexander himself to do a commercial with Bob Ross to advertise his classes. Whoa. Yeah, so they do this commercial in, in a public TV station, I believe, don't quote me on this, but I think in Virginia, sees this commercial with Bob Ross and Bill Alexander, and they offer Bob a TV show. <gasps> and and the whole gang is like, yeah, well, we'd love to do a TV show. So they start doing this TV show on public on public television, there's actually an episode where Bill Alexander himself is on the episode, and he introduces Bob. Aww. It's really cute, oh in his thick God. German accent, mm-hmm. oh and he God. passes a paintbrush over to him. Like, he's, like, passing like a baton. the baton. Yes! Or the torch. Yes. Oh, my God! <laughs> it's so cute! Somebody <laughs> bring out that tissue! It's so cute! Um, okay. No, that's right! Yeah, but I'm going to... <laughs> But the little known aspect of Bob, in all of this, he was 100% a businessman. He was a business babe. One, he was a perfectionist and he was meticulous as shit. Yeah, he He was. He wanted things done in a certain way. And Annette... um, Yes, queen. Annette... (laughs) Annette mentions this in the documentary. Like, he wanted things done a certain way because he wanted this to be done right he wanted mm-hmm. the best mm-hmm. and to the extent that he would like he would lay in bed at night and go through every brush stroke in his head oh my god yeah he was serious about this work that he was doing yeah. wow Bob. um he did not fuck around and actually interestingly enough every painting so he does every episode he does one painting and there actually he does he did three copies of every painting that was ever done on that what? show. Yes. I didn't know that. He would do a painting beforehand, and the painting beforehand was his reference. Mm-hmm. He would do the one live, and those episodes were filmed in real time. Wow. They were not edited unless there was some kind of technical issue. They were 100% filmed in real time. So he would do one beforehand as reference, he would do one for the filming, and then he would do another one that would be like photographed as he was going to go in the books that were published for the show. That is so awesome. Can I just say something? Can I just say something? Of course. You know, I just, uh, okay. So I want to talk just for like one second about what it felt like to be a little ass kid (laughs) as a little, a little child. Okay. (laughs) I, I was so <laughs> small and I was young and I was often left alone with cable access TV. <laughs> and um, my parents were working individuals and they did their best. But the television raised this child <laughs> for the most part. And preach. Um, I'm just saying that that's that's the reality of a lot of '90s kids. And for that, real. And that was my reality. Our parents were just like, "The TV is fine." No, <laughs> and I don't blame them. I mean, they had to work and they did their best, and I'm not mad about it. You know why? You know why I'm not mad? Because I got to watch Bob Ross on <gasps> fucking TV, and you know what? The best part about Bob Ross, I can't like entirely explain it by um, my words, but if you've watched Bob Ross as a kid, you know what it felt like 
to listen to the scratches of the palette knife as he was etching the highlights on the purple mountain majesty that he was making in this like amazing portrait or not portrait landscape the the beautiful landscapes and just that that like moment of being a little kid and sitting there crisscross applesauce watching Bob (laughs) Ross and he's scratching onto the canvas the beautiful paint and you're hearing it and it's just like and you're like oh my god that is so cool and it just like it's just like magical and like I'm thinking about it right now I'm having the most intense deja vu it's just overwhelming to remember what it felt like to be a little kid and watch this dude with the soft voice and the afro scratching the paint onto the canvas with his palette knife. I will never forget that, Bob. Like, oh, oh my Bob. god, Bob. That was, like, so cool. I miss you. That was, like, that's so perfect because that's all Bob would have ever wanted. Like, Aww. he was only concerned with what's the quote okay so I have a quote that's like one of my favorites and this was in an episode where he he talks about how he meets people and they're like I don't have the talent Bob that's baloney talent is a pursued interest (laughs) anything you are willing to practice you can do and that was his entire but that's so real it is it's so so real and that's all he wanted to bring to the people was he wanted to give people the confidence that yes you can paint a beautiful landscape and he wanted to make people feel good and to feel like they could paint and that's just insane and beautiful and wonderful it is um no it's amazing you know what and i i think about this because i think about people who are like i could never do that whatever mm-hmm. it is whether it's playing like beautiful guitar or painting a landscape and it's like yeah you could but you gotta practice and put the work yeah. in that's the thing that people don't want to do but talent yeah it literally like it literally is a pursued interest. Like, that is real, and Bob understood that. He had been painting since he was young. He loved to paint, and that's all he wanted to do. He just wanted to paint his landscapes, and he wa- and then he wanted to share it with other people. And it's beautiful and magical. Whoa. Which brings me to the <laughs> next section of my notes, which I have titled, Good Guy Bob. Oh. Um, <laughs> So first oh, we're about to cry. First off, you two are, yeah. Yeah, we are. <laughs> um, literally, okay, so it was just our girl Jen's birthday this weekend. Woo! And we were out having drinks, and I had just been watching Bob Ross and research for this episode. I had so much fun, you guys. Um <laughs> I had just been out, I had just been watching Bob Ross, and we were just like drinking. I wasn't even drunk. Like, it wasn't. Sure, you weren't. I really wasn't, though. It was, um, early. It was early in the evening. It was early in the it's evening. True. It's but true. I started talking about Bob Ross, and I ended up in tears, just like, like describing what a delightful human he was. Yeah, and I remember distinctly um, going to the bar. I'm getting my like third drink or something, you know, because it's my birthday. I'm going hard. I don't care. <laughs> and and I come back to the table and Corey is like wiping tears <laughs> away from her face. And I was like, baby, what happened? And she's like, I'm just talking about Bob Ross. And I'm like, I get it. I know. And it was really he good. He was, you guys, he was too pure for this world. Um, <laughs> um, anyways, okay. So Bob Ross loved animals. 
loved animals. If you watched any of him, like there are so many videos where he would just bring animals while he was painting. He has a lot of childhood anecdotes of when his parents would come home and he just would have like an animal in the house. In his spare time, he would rehabilitate injured animals. Oh, wow. Um, he would build like homes, like huts for them and things like that. Huts. Yeah. And he had, um, he had a little squirrel buddy that was in a lot of his episodes. Oh, oh my God. And his... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And so hold on. Right. <laughs> Guys, his name was Peapod. <laughs> Peapod. Oh my god. Peapod, the little Wait. squirrel. Who's oh, Peapod? That's like so cute. That's um, unbelievable. And that was another that was another thing. The station hated it when he brought animals oh. in. Damn I'm it. sure they were uh, like, get this fucking squirrel out of here, Bob. Like, and he was like, no. No, that's Peapod. <laughs> he goes where I go. Yeah, and then, okay, so awesome, loved animals. Also, all of his paintings, every painting he produced on that show was donated to PBS or another charity. Every single painting. Bob! Was donated. <laughs> and like I said before, the money that he made, which he made very good money, he was a cultural icon, came from supplies. It came from his cultural icon status. It came from other... Oh, Bob and Peapod. Oh my god, it's a picture of Peapod. We're looking at Peapod and he's so cute. We'll post a picture of Peapod. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! No! Why is he so cute? Like, oh god. It's gonna be. Okay, for the like, next half hour, we're gonna be screaming. <laughs> I just want you guys to um, know. Okay, so, okay, guys. Keep it at 20 minutes. You need, you need to buckle up right now because this is intense. Okay, so there's one anecdote in which he was doing a paint. So, like I said, all of his paintings are donated, like, either to charity or to the station. And then the station would sell it, like, it's public television so that they would have funds. And so a lot of times he would do a painting and then, especially later on in his career, people would call. They would call right after the show aired or, like, right when it aired live and be like, I want this painting. Shit. And this... <laughs> One instance, later on in his career, you know, more towards the end, he paints a painting and this this older woman calls and says, you know, don't go anywhere. I want to buy this painting and I really want to meet Bob Ross. So they're like, okay. And, and he decides to stay. Like, he's going to stay at the station to meet this woman. And she shows up to buy his painting. And I believe she was either on, like, I think she was in a wheelchair. She was very old. Oh, man. Um, and she shows up to buy his painting, and she goes to him, I don't have too many good days anymore, but when I watch her show, it's the best part of the day. Oh, my God, Jean. Oh, my there's, God. There's some light crying right now, which is understandable. <laughs> oh, my God. People with emotions. Faces are being held by hands. <laughs> Oh my god, it's like so heartbreaking. <laughs> there are some real tears. But like, no, like, she's not even having really a taste left. Oh my god. Oh, oh my god, god. Oh my god, get a peapod out of here. I can't handle peapod and the old woman in the wheelchair. Like, enough. I'm seriously crying. Imagine 
like peapods scampering <laughs> over to her and just be like, I understand. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, she's just gonna make a taste. It hurts! Oh man. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh stop. Oh my god. That's so sad. I know. Alright, I'm gonna try and center myself here. Oh um, man. Okay. Did so, she buy the painting? <laughs> yes, she painting. Oh, and, and he he was obviously awesome and super kind and hugged her and it was beautiful. Another beautiful thing he did. I need like some yeah. I need oh, yes. left. Oh my god, we need to move on. We need to move on because I I can't keep this is like ruining my life right now. Okay. Oh, thank, thank you. you so much. Okay, getting the tissues out. All right. Okay. Um, sorry, you guys. This is like rough right now. My makeup is running like no other. Okay, so <laughs> another super sweet thing he did. He had an episode oh in which he had um, recently been teaching because the whole time that um, the Joy of Painting was on the air, he was also an instructor. He was also still traveling and teaching painting, <laughs> and. Um, he was teaching painting at a mall one day, like he did, and a gentleman came up to him and he said, I'll never, like, be a great painter because I'm colorblind. And Bob Ross said... Don't even think like that. Exactly. And oh. his next episode, he does an entire landscape in grayscale. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, that's <amazing>. I know. <laughs> to prove that anyone can paint a beautiful painting. Um, <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, so Bob Ross, being a beautiful human being, why are you um, so good? Why are you so good, Bob? Um, so that was some of his great, amazing things he did. Um, like I said before, he was also though as kind as he was, and as gentle and soft spoken, and really enchanting as he was. He was a businessman, and he wanted. To make his business successful. And he, like, and in, I think, the most beautiful of ways. Because, yeah, he wanted to be successful in his business. But he also wanted to spread this really beautiful message. And, like, empower people. But he he made the most money off of his brand and supplies. He also made a lot just off of his pop culture icon status. Mm -hmm. Let's see. In 1987, they assembled the first team of Bob Ross instructors, of which there Whoa. are still thousands, actually. What? Really? Yes. Oh, my God. As of the last, uh, my last resource was 2013. So not that long but, ago. Yeah. Yeah. There were thousands of Bob Ross instructors. Wow. So if you want to take a Bob Ross certified painting class, they're out there. Check it out. In the early 90s, he did promos for MTV. No. They're what? so cool. It's him doing his whole thing, and he's painting, and then he goes, MTV, it's all just fluffy white clouds. <gasps> what? That is poignant. I know. Poignant well, everything Barbara. he said was poignant. So he, you know, he, he made money off of his, his pop culture status. Other things about him, his wife and family. He had a son named Steven from his first <clears throat> marriage. Who also became a painter and, like, was brought up with it from a very young age and was very talented. He's still alive, but kind of stays under the radar. There isn't much about him. And then he had his second wife, Jane, who was part of the whole business and was there from, like, the start of the, um, 
of the Bob, Ra- Bob Ross enterprise. <clears throat> Jane was very much involved in the business side of things. She did a lot of behind the scenes work. She was incredibly supportive of him traveling all the time and kind of this crazy life he led. So there's one quote that is also from an episode of Bob Ross where he goes, it takes a special lady to live with a crazy man. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, super cute. He, he cry. loved her a lot. Um, <laughs> and then, and then interestingly enough, okay, so Bob Ross, he was kind of a mysterious dude. He didn't really seek out fame, but he never turned down interviews. Like, honestly, just at the time, a lot of people didn't, try to interview him like Hmm. a lot of people didn't seek him out interestingly enough there aren't a ton but he never turned them down except for one instance in which he was offered an appearance on oprah and he was about it he was like yeah we'll go on oprah and and they were all like we'll bring the paints we'll bring everything and the oprah people were like no actually it's about it's supposed to be about like couples and business or something and bob ross was like no thanks like because for him it was all about the painting that's what he was about publicly was the painting and the art and the teaching people how to paint so he turned down an appearance on oprah well yeah i I mean i can understand that and like oprah's out there like giving everyone humpback whales and like (laughs) brand new cars and like a house and he just wants to make people happy he wants to empower them to be artistic yeah so Mm. then um, the business is essentially made up of four people, um, Annette, her husband, Bob, and his wife. And they went through their ups and downs. And Annette even said that Bob's persistence literally is what kept them going. They all had moments where one of them wanted out, where one of them was done with it. And Bob always stood by what they were doing. And he kept them together. And yes. I'd love that. And then, all right, it's gonna get it's gonna get sad, guys. Oh, um, guys. So in 1992, Bob loses his wife Jane to <gasps> cancer. No, it's very very sad. Do you guys want to hear the quote? Do I would love to. Do you wanna? It? Yeah, you. Yeah, it's so sad. I think that like we were gonna read the quote, but I think it's better if you guys just hear it from his voice. So. This is just dark color, so we can put a lighter color on top of it later. It'll stand out. Absolutely have to have dark in order to have light. And have dark. You gotta have opposites. Dark and light, light and dark, continually in painting. If you have light on light, you have nothing. If you have dark on dark, you basically have nothing. There we are. You know, it's like in life. It's Gonna have a little sadness once in a while, so you know when the good times come. I'm waiting on the good times now. Oh man, that's so sad. I'm waiting on the good times now. I don't know if you guys can hear it like all the way, but you know, he basically is talking to that whole like yin and yang aspect of life, which. We all hate having to get used to, but I think it's kind of real. And he says that you gotta have a little bit of dark and you gotta wait for the light to come, just like you gotta wait for the good times to come. And he's waiting for the good times to come. This is after he just lost his wife to cancer. Bob would 
guy um, three years later. Three years later, July 4th, 1995, he dies. Um, he loses his second bout. Battle? Battle, I guess. Even though... I don't know, second round. Uh, his, his second, his second. Um, he had cancer. He beat it. He got cancer again. Yeah, and he Lym- didn't beat it. Um, lymphoma, to be exact. And it's actually interesting because the first time he was diagnosed was actually before he got famous. Like, mm-hmm. so literally, cancer. I mean, he went to remission, obviously, for quite a while. But cancer was something that was part of his life for a really long time that he dealt dealt with, and he lost his wife to it. And then he ultimately died. Oh my god, fuck cancer, dude. Right? Like, god, um, I get so mad when I think about cancer. It just, like, pisses me off. Um, Ultimate at, asshole. So he dies at the age of 52 years old. His last appearance, it's actually, I don't know, it's kind of, knowing the story, it's kind of hard to watch because you can tell he's sick. You can tell he's really thin. Um, but his last appearance is on a children's show. He... Was originally going to just be on it in person, but he was too sick. He couldn't do it, so they recorded him from home. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude. And it's called... <laughs> it's called... It's called Elmer and Friends. Whoa. It's a children's show where they talk to Bob Ross. There's one line where they're asking him for advice, and he goes, I think you should talk to a tree. <laughs> um, It's... Yeah, it was just like a beautiful thank you. <laughs> Ginny's just catering to our <laughs> emotional like, needs. <laughs> Why is he? But like yeah, so you good? can tell. Honestly, if you watch it, you can tell he's sick. But he he stuck it out and he did it anyways. And yeah, and that was his last appearance. So he died uh, over twenty years ago now. In Bob. 19, 1995. Oh, we miss um, you, Bob. We miss you so much. He left over 400 episodes of The Joy of Painting. Wow. Yeah. A lot of, there's some of them on Netflix. There's a bunch of them on YouTube. A lot of access to them. There was a total of 31 series of The Joy of Painting. Each had a corresponding book that like step-by-step told you how to make the paintings that he did in the episodes. Interestingly, an estimation was done that only, so he had millions of viewers, like people loved Bob Ross. Um, estimation only 3% of his millions of viewers actually painted with him. Most viewers just really loved the spirit of Bob Ross. They found something very personal and very calming about mm-hmm. just watching him paint. And that was what, drew everyone to him and continues to draw everyone to him and that's real like i'm i'm gonna if you're having a rough day if you're dealing with like some anxieties or like anything literally watch watch it makes such a difference he just like calms you down and you get lost in his painting and in his technique and all of the his little sayings are so cute and you're just like you just feel good so watch Bob Ross. Last little fact I'm going to throw out at you. In 2014, a uh, group did a statistical analysis of the entire series of The Joy of Painting. 91% of Ross's paintings <clears throat> included at least one tree. Wow. <laughs> trees for life. Trees. You know, happy trees. Of course. And I just want to say that Bob Ross, he was a cultural phenomenon, you know, and we got to... Like, really give that, um, we, we have to acknowledge that because the fact that most people in the early 90s, right, 80s, 90s, 
Yeah. You know, most people had a TV. And most people had cable access, public access, television. Anybody could watch Bob Ross. And I just think that that's so amazing. That's such a mark of the times that art history has has gone this route that now you can just watch a guy on the TV (laughs) painting a landscape. And he's amazing. And I think that that's just, he was such a here and now kind of person. And he was magic. He was magic. Like, seriously, I saw... I was watching, like, YouTube videos and stuff about him, and there was, I usually kind of scan the comments, I don't spend too much time there, but there was one comment that was just like, Bob Ross was the second coming of Jesus Christ. Oh my god. And I was like, maybe. No, like, like I'm not going to deny it. Like, right. I don't. I like how my reaction to that was to say, oh my god. I always do that. Well, I mean, he was just, yeah. he was a good soul, is the, like. Right. He was a good soul, and his heart was, like, in the right place, and he did what he loved, and he tried to spread it to as many people as possible. And if you would like to learn more about Bob Ross, check out that um, documentary, Bob Ross, The Happy Painter. It's on YouTube. There was also really, it was it's really brief, but there's a really good story on NPR recently about Bob Ross. You can Google that. We'll have it on our sources, too. Yeah, just a good dude, an interesting dude. Also... If you want to enjoy some Bob Ross while also enjoying an alcoholic beverage, we have a suggestion for you. Miss Natalie, will you share the Bob Ross drinking game, please? Hello, friends. Um, It's called The Joy of Drinking. Uh, The Bob (laughs) Ross drinking game. And it goes as follows. The rules. Begins painting with a mountain. One shot. Begins painting with a taped mask. One shot. Every time Bob cleans a brush... One shot. Every mixture of paint. Chug of beer. Any tree created. Sip of beer. Every time Bob changes a brush. Two sips of beer. If Bob creates a cabin. One shot. If Bob creates a (laughs) waterfall or pond. Two sips of beer. If Bob creates a walking path. One shot. Happy little trees are six straight chugs of beer. Holy (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. I'll get you. Any animals mentioned, chug one entire beer. So, Peapod, <laughs> get a zoomy in, sir. Yeah, if you uh, wow. if you get an episode with Peapod. Ooh. Oh, man. Ooh, choose your episode all right. Oh, my God. Yeah, that so it's dangerous. So, that's a fun game for you to play, which we'll also have up on our sources. Uh, do so responsibly. Of course, obviously. A fun way to also enjoy painting with Bob Ross. All right, so we're going to do listener mail. Jenny, what do we got? I love listening to your podcast as I work on my artwork as well as on my commute to work and school. Pretty sure I've told everyone I know how much I love you guys. As an art history person, it's been refreshing uh, to hear you discuss and have some good laughs over something you love. I've definitely learned and relearned some things in a whole new light. Keep up the good work. Thanks again. P.S. If you're ever in South Carolina, I love to show you around the art museum where I work, and that is from Casey Christmas. That is so nice. Is so Thank nice. you. I've never been to South Carolina, Me but I would either. really like to go. So if that happens, we will let you know for sure. Thank we, you so much. If we find ourselves on the East Coast, we'll hit you up. Thank you for being super awesome and super sweet. We appreciate you telling your friends about us, like. 
a lot. Like word of mouth, I feel like has really been getting us out there. And send us pictures of your art because yeah, we want to see it. That would be so great. Please do. Um, okay, we have a second listener mail that came to us via Facebook. All right, we got a round two listener mail from our art history babe, Amanda. She says, hey, AH babes, I fell behind on episodes and I've been binge listening um, on my commutes. And this is a way random, non-academic, but I think fun fact about lapis lazuli. Lapis lapis lazuli. I'm so tired, you guys. I work for Lucky Brand Jeans, and for years, our most popular wash of denim was the lapis lazuli. We only made a few cuts of the denim in that wash, but everybody wanted that color. It was always reviewed as the perfect blue. It also has a lot of variations of light and dark in the fabric, making all of the jeans look unique. We no longer make this lapis lazuli wash, but we still have customers coming in and asking for it on a regular basis. Don't blame them. And then she says, Cleopatra. For the win. For the the win. That's what that means. (laughs) I didn't know. I'll tell you what I thought it was later. Thank you, Amanda. That's super interesting. I I think it is. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I love the I love the crossover from art history to fashion. I think that's so cool. And I just want to hear people at Lucky Brand trying to pronounce lapis lazuli because I I can't do it. And I read that word a thousand times and I can't imagine it's something that. Every well, day person comes across very and often. isn't it so lucky brand jeans that they <laughs> made this amazing color that everybody's interested in and, and then, then they, they stop making it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Way to go, designer jeans. Keeping us mad all the time. <laughs> Thank you for your listener mail. We really love hearing just those like interesting connections. That's super cool and just a fun way to look at the material that we're sharing with you guys. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, our email address is arthistorybabes at gmail.com. Um, if you want to help us out, if you like what you're hearing and you want to help us continue to make this content, you can, one, go onto iTunes and write a review for us. It's super easy. It takes a minute. And it's something not a ton of people do, and it really makes a difference in the podcast world. So if you have a minute, please just write us a quick review. We love them so much. Also, we have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash arthistorybabes. If you have a few dollars that you can throw our way, it makes a difference. It'll help us upgrade our um, technical situation. It really helps with just like the research we're doing and all the work we want to do in the future. We sincerely appreciate all all of those who have written reviews for us, who have shared their kind words, who have donated on Patreon. Like, it seriously means so much to us that you guys think what we're doing is great. One last thing. We got a <laughs> we got a message on Tumblr, which you can find this if you go on our Tumblr. But it's actually really fascinating, and so I want to put it out there in case anyone has any answers. But there's this Tumblr post. It's a pretty popular one. There, it's got like thousands of notes. But there are all these images of medieval paintings, and they're like knights fighting snails. Um, and it was like apparently a very common theme. In medieval artwork. We don't really know what it's about. Our best guess is... Oh my god, that last one is adorable. (laughs) Look at that little dude. Look look at him. He's like, no, don't do it. (laughs) 
<laughs> we'll have to put it up. You guys have to see this. It's 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 weird. Um. Yeah. There's what a. What does it mean? And there's a lot of them. And I mean, none of us really focus on medieval art, so we don't right. have a whole lot of ideas. I mean, we did talk about snails in our purple episode, um, where uh, the Tyrian purple, the like original purple color, came from secretions of snails. Mm-hmm. So my first instinct was like, maybe these are just like knights, you know, like trying to get that regal color. There's also theories that maybe it's j- they're just aliens, like snail aliens. Right. Whoa, I'm almost wondering too if maybe it's something to do with snails eating plants, and it's like don't eat my cabbage. Oh, sure, yeah. don't, eat, don't eat my plants. Yeah, I mean... But we, we long, long answer short, we don't know. <laughs> there's, there's actually a but, lot. It's actually kind of amazing. Yeah. And, um, I mean, A, it's super cute, but B, for real, what was happening? <laughs> Why were these knights all battling snails? I mean, I know that in Aztec mythology, snails are a symbol of fertility. Ooh, so is this is this the patriarchy? Is that what's the going patriarchy's on? He's like, no, <laughs> get out of here. I don't know. Who knows? Probably not, but who knows? If any of y'all are listening and know a thing or two about medieval art and uh, what this is, what the <laughs> heck this could mean, we want to know because honestly, this is fascinating. It's fascinating. It is. So yeah, if you have any insight whatsoever, even if you don't have a background in medieval art, you just have a thought you like to throw our way, please email us. Thanks so much again for listening to us um, cry. cry about Bob Ross. <laughs> I hope you'll you know, open a bottle of wine and go watch an episode of The Joy of Painting. I'm about to. Because it'll make your life so much better. <laughs> really well. Thank you so much, Bob, for what you left us. Thank you, Bob. You, Thanks, Bob. you are a good human, and uh, the world is better for you having been here. True. Rest in peace, Bob. Rest Bye, in Bob. peace, Peapod. Good night, sweet Bob. Rest in peace. What was her name? Jane? Jane. 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 Rest in peace. All of y'all. <laughs> And good night. Good night. Good, good night. night. We love you. The art history babes. And just that that like moment of being a little kid and sitting there crisscross applesauce watching Bob <laughs> Ross 